Andrew McCart, IFL TV and association with MTK Global. I'm once again delighted to be joined by my good friend all the way from New York City, David Diamante. David, first and foremost, I know we're going to start talk boxing, but there's a big global pandemic that's going on at the moment. First of all, how are you? Are you safe and well? That's the most important thing. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, unfortunately, I've lost some friends over this, and uh, I know quite a few people that are, are fighting the battle now. So i got prayers going out to them, to all the people on the first line, to Boris Johnson, the prime minister, uh, and, of course, uh, Eddie Hearn's father, Barry, who had a mild heart attack over the weekend, and he's doing a lot better, but um, we're thinking about him. So there's a lot of people going through a tough time right now. So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers going out with all of them. Definitely, I echo that as well, David. Uh, get well soon, Barry Hearn. Uh, so, but the reason why I've got you on this this sort of Zoom Skype looking thing is because I, I want to do I do want to continue to talk boxing with you because that's what we are. We're boxing men. We love the sport. It's our passion. It's our job. But so, first and foremost, how are you coping with it? Not being able because I know you you love traveling. You love seeing different places, cultures, and whatnot. So, how are you coping with sort of like the lockdown at this moment in time? You know, for me personally, it's 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 uh, it's okay because, um, I mean, look, it's one of those things. You know, obviously, I'd rather be on the road working, um, doing what I do. But I've done so much travel over my my life um, and throughout my time, having some time to be at home and um, to reflect, to spend with uh, with with family, to to do some writing, um, to catch up on on. Just stuff that, that I haven't been able to do in quite a while is, is actually really nice. Um, I'm one of those guys, I, I kind of, I never, I never get bored. So um, I've always got stuff to do and, and there, there's plenty to do. So I've been really busy throughout this whole uh, lockdown and there's, there's tons of old great fights to see and, and old great fight movies. And if you're a boxing fan, there's still plenty of stuff that you can do. Um, to keep to keep up with the sport and to, to go back and, and to look at some other stuff uh, that's happened in the past. So there, there's always you know, with the yin and the yang. There's a, with the darkness. There's always some light. So so um, the way I look at it is is it's like in judo. If someone comes at you, take that force and you use it for your for your benefit. And it's the same thing with this. This big negative coming at us. So we can got to try to use that to our to our benefit and, and look at the good side in this. Definitely. That's a good analogy there with the judo, man. I, do, I did like that. You mentioned there's some old fights to watch and go back and study the game. Like, what's your favorite fights to go back and study them? What is your favorite golden oldies, let's say? Well, man, Andrew, there is a litany of, of fights that I like to watch. Um, sports spans a lot of a lot. So if you want to go back, you know, to some of the, the classic ones, um, there's just so many great old fights. I mean, you know, uh, Rocky Marciano and Jersey Joe Walcott. I mean, that's an absolute uh, just barn burner of a fight. Um, it was uh, back in 1952, and it was the first time that, that Marciano got a chance at, at the title. Um, he was undefeated, and he got floored in the first round by Walcott. Mm. And uh, it was a hell of a fight. Um, we all know that that – Marciano was undefeated, so you know what happens uh, in the end. But you got to watch the fight; it's a great fight. Um, and then there's all these like these these trilogies and these other matchups. You know, like there's a great uh, there's a great trilogy, one of the really early trilogies between um, Rocky Graziano and Tony Zale. 
and you know it's funny it's it's like these fights the first one was in 46 and you know rocky graziano he's a brooklyn guy but he was never the best fighter you know but and and tony zale was tony zale was a hell of a fighter but tony zale was in the war and he came out and it was it was the right partners at the right time mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying that's what made that trilogy so good and the first fight was just it was an incredible fight. It was at Yankee Stadium, um, and uh, Zale won that fight by knockout. Um, the second fight took place in Chicago. Now, that's closer to Zale's home turf of Gary, Indiana, and that was in 1947. And Graziano won that fight, and that's, you know, it's like he won the middleweight championship, and that's where the, uh, the, the famous term, he's like, hey, Ma, somebody up there, there likes me. That's where it's from. <laughs> um, and, uh, the third flight took place in Newark. It's it's not the best of the three. Honest with you, it's our you, the first fight wasn't even filmed, so you have to read about it. The second fight, there's just a bit. The third fight was not the best. That's not the best watch, but it's it's great to go back and and learn about those fights. There was another great uh, war between two of the best featherweights of all time, Willie Pep and Sandy Sadler. Willie Pep, uh, yeah. These guys. The Will of the Wisp, you know, from, from Connecticut. Um, the first time that they fought, just so you can understand how much of an incredible fighter Willie Pep was, his professional record was 134-1 with one draw going into this fight. He was 26 years old. Sandy Sadler was 22, okay? He was 22 years old. His record was 86 wins, six losses, two defeats, 57 knockouts, okay? Pep had 45 knockouts. and they used to say about Willie Pep because he was just, he could move so incredibly. In fact, there's a, there's an old, there's an old adage about Willie Pep. They say he's the only guy in history that ever won a round of boxing without ever throwing a punch. It was in 1946 against Jackie Graves. And <laughs> supposedly he round, he won round, uh, uh, he won the round on two of the three judges scorecards without even throwing a punch because he moved so beautifully. They used to say you couldn't even hit him in the ass with a handful of rice. That's how he could just move so well. They, they fought four times, and those fights uh, are incredible. Four very tough fights. And um, the first fight, Pep, you know, like I said, he has one, one loss out of 135 fights, 134, one and one. And he, he got dropped twice in the third round, and he got stopped in the fourth, just to tell you how brutal that fight was. So the first and the second fight are amazing. You got to watch that 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 series of fights. Um, very classic, very great. Um, you know, if you want to go to some fights that we all know, but maybe some of the the newbies don't know, we all know about Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Uh, the third fight, the Thriller in Manila uh, in 1975. This is a must-see heavyweight fight. It's really absolutely brutal and a fight that. Every fight fan must see. You must know. You got to watch that fight. Just incredible. Um, it was the fight of the year in 1975. And speaking of 1975, now we're getting a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. um, you got two middleweights from North Philly, Bad Benny Briscoe and Eugene Cyclone Hart. Um, two of the toughest guys ever come out of uh, North Philly, middleweights. I mean, this was a runner-up for fight of the year in 1975. Um, you had uh, over 11,000 in attendance. Um, Russell Peltz was the, was the promoter. Uh, absolutely incredible fight. And 
you know, the era that I grew up watching boxing, there's just a ton of fights that I absolutely love and would suggest. So I came up during the Four Kings. So Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Thomas Hearns, and Roberto Duran. Now, all these guys, they all fought each other, and they had incredible wars with, with all kinds of guys. Um, you know, Leonard and Hearns won is a fight that really must be seen. Um, it, uh, just an absolutely incredible fight. Uh, it was in 1981. It was for the welterweight championship. It, just, yeah, absolutely great fight. Um, they, they called it uh, the showdown. It was at Caesar's Palace. Um, also, let's see, Marvin Hagler. Great fights. Uh, one fight that I particularly liked his was uh, against uh, John the Beast. Crazy fight. 1986, Caesar's Palace. Um, hell of a fight. And going into that fight, Mugabe, 25-25 knockouts. I mean, Mugabe was a beast. And he was never the same after that fight. I mean, that's that you got to see. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those guys like Livingstone Bramble, he had a great fight. Uh, obviously with, with uh, Ray Mancini, uh, but there's other fights that he had to good fight with Tyrone Crawley. Um, I love watching uh, old Salvador Sanchez fights, and probably one of my favorite fights of his um, was uh, against Danny. So Danny Lopez, this, this fight took place in 1980. Um, it was in, and it was for the featherweight of the world. Now you got, you got it's all about context, right, Andrew? Yep, yep. So, Danny Lopez, going into this fight, um, he had eight title defenses going in. Uh, hold on, my battery's getting low here. No worries, mate. Wait, can you see me? I can see you now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. I can hear you fine. Okay, great. So, um, going into this fight, Danny Lopez was on top of the world. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, and no one knew Salvador Sanchez. No one knew this guy. They thought he was going to get he was going to get annihilated. And Danny Lopez, like, he was always a slow start. Um, he had a great right hand, but he was a starter. So a lot of people in this fight thought that, you know, Sanchez was just going to get wiped up. But I'm telling you, it's a hell of a fight. Um, and Sanchez, after that, he went on to have in less than 18 months. So uh, he died in a car crash in 1982. But um, – an incredible fighter and one in his last fight his last fight was against azuma nelson um and it was uh to me i, I just you know azuma nelson i think is probably one of the best uh boxing champions ever to come off the continent of africa and that is a hell of a fight uh really one worth watching um you know most people know about aaron Pryor and alexis arguello um you know that the 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 um the, the 140 pound championship uh, in 1982. But uh, Arguello also had another really great fight um, against Rafael Limon um, at the Felt Forum in 1979. Um, so that, that was a really good fight. Um, you know, there was an era, one of my favorite eras of boxing to watch uh, were the light heavyweights, okay? And I'm talking like the late 70s, early 80s, okay? And you had these great fighters, guys like Dwight Muhammad Khali, uh, Matt Muhammad, Eddie Mustafa Muhammad, um, Yaki Lopez, Marvin Johnson, um, 
you had uh, Michael Spinks, uh, Auntie, of course, from Liverpool, um, Victor Galindez. There were all these great heavyweights, you know, even guys like um, the, the, the Davis twins or the Davis brothers. Um, uh, you had Mike Rossman. There was a bunch of these guys. One of the great fights from that era um, was, uh, it's called Pandemonium. And uh, it was um, Evander Holyfield against um, Dwight Muhammad Cowie, 1986. And Cowie was called the Camden Buzzsaw. And, you know, this is a tough, tough man. Just a hard man. And that's a hell of a fight. We all know about Holyfield, right? Mm -hmm. So just a, a really great fight. Um, you know, there's a cool trilogy also with um, Vinny Pazienza, the Pasmanian Devil, the Pazman, yeah. and, and Greg Hogan. Um, that's an interesting, that's an interesting uh, uh, set of fights. Um, you know, they're not the best, but they're good. Also, if you want to watch, if you want to see, like, um, a cool fight to watch, if you want to see, like, early, like, Mayweather, like, his, his style, you can watch um, him uh, – uh, uh, Vinny Pazienza against Roger Mayweather. And, uh, you know, his nickname was the Black Mama, like Kobe Bryant. And this was an 88. And uh, super lightweight championship of the world. Um, you know, Mills Lane was the ref. Um, there was, you know, Vinny Pazienza brings it, okay? So there's punching after Bell, super heated, you know. And, and after the fight, there were like, there was just so much like vitriol. Like Lou Duva was in the corner. And he ran across and like he, 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 he attacked Mayweather and he got up and his cheek is all cut. That's right, just, yeah. Yeah, it's just real crazy. So that's a cool fight to watch. If you want to see a great welterweight fight, this is pretty cool. Um, Simon Brown and Tyrone Trice. So Simon Brown was known as Montequia. Tyrone Trice was known as the Butterfly. Um, this is a fight. And... Uh, Man, the 12th round, insane in that fight. You really insane. Like that's a fight to watch. That's forget. That's a fight to watch. That that fight to what's France that fight? Let's, let's talk about what's that fight? So give me that fight there that's to watch. You say the names again, just so I'm, I'm sort of like I want to go Simon, watch old school. Simon Brown and Tyrone Trice. Simon Brown and Tyrone Trice. You know, ref. You know, referee Steve Smoger. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. That was his first title fight. Oh, really? That was his first title fight. He's a good ref, Steve. I like Steve. Yeah, very good, good ref. And, uh, you know, everyone knows Ben and Eubank. You got Ben and Michael Watson's a great fight. Um, speaking of Montequilla, you know, it's funny. Jose Napolis is uh, uh, the Mexican-Cuban fighter. Um, and uh, he was Cuban, but uh, he lived in Mexico. And there's a fight that I really love, uh, but most people don't. But I do because I know the guy that he fought that, that, that beat him. It was Billy Backus. And it was Carmen Basilio's uh, cousin. He's from Canastota. And he won the welterweight championship of the world off of uh, Montequilla, Jose Napolis. And that's uh, – Jose Napolis was an incredible fighter. So that's, that's definitely one that you could watch. You know, I guess if we want to start talking about stuff more in the modern era, um, the Gaddy Ward trilogy is obviously mm -hmm. incredible. Gaddy Ward one is incredible. It's a must-see fight. I mean, must. I think, see. I think everyone's seen that fight. Surely, if you're a boxing fan, you must have seen that fight. Well, you know, so so I don't want to talk about fights that I think everyone knows because those mm -hmm. are pretty obvious. I mean, Castillo Corrales and Arguello Pryor, we all know those are are kind of good. But like Mickey Ward had a really great fight um, against Emmanuel Burton Augustus, um, absolute war in two thousand one. Um, 
Gaddy had a great series of fights against Ivan Robinson. Mm. Um, that that should be watched. Mighty Robinson, Ivan Mighty Robinson, um, tough Philly fighter. Um, and, you know, everyone likes how I do the double name. Mark Biro is the announcer, and you can hear him call the names twice. Um, you know, did you, did, did you get that from him, David? Did you get that from him, or did you? I got it from Ed Darien. Oh, Darien. Ed Darien and Johnny Addy. Um, and uh, Gaddy also had a great fight with Gabriel Ruelas. Mm. That's, that's, that's a great fight. Junior lightweight championship of the world, um, 1997. That should be watched. Um, let's see what else. Um, obviously, if you haven't seen the Prince Nassim Hamed, Kevin Kelly, you got to watch that. But most, I think most people have probably seen that. Um, I would say it, you have to watch the, the Marquez Vasquez trilogy. You have mm -hmm. to. Um, Eric Morales Pacquiao won is a great fight. That's a great fight. Okay. That is a great fight. Super featherweight championship of the world. Um, Filipino versus Mexican. I mean, that's a hell of a fight. Um, Paulie Ayala versus Johnny Tapia, the first one. That's, that's a war. You got to watch that fight. That's a war. Johnny Tapia, you should know. You should watch those fights. Um, let's see. What else? Um, Brandon Rios and Mike Alvarado won. Yes, man. That's, 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 a, that's going maybe back like six, seven years, maybe, if that. 2012. 2012. 2012. Yeah, it happened in Carson, California. That was a... That was just a slugfest, straight slugfest. I didn't think the other fights lived up to the first one, but that first one was great. You know a fight I really loved, and it's a fight that he lost, but it's probably my favorite Amir Khan fight, was this fight against Lamont Peterson. Mm -hmm. I loved that fight. I, I thought that was a great I fight. I stayed up for that fight. I think, I think that was in Washington, D.C. I think I stayed up for that fight. It, it was definitely in Washington, D.C. That, that, that was a great fight. Um, really enjoyed that. And, you know, another, another really great fight was Timothy Bradley and Ruslan Provodnikov. Yes. Oh, that's an incredible fight. That, last two rounds, that yeah. fight, that was, you know, uh, Bradley had come off the victory of Pacquiao, which everyone thought he had lost. But he had, you know, the judges gave it to him. But sometimes it's funny, like, you can actually lose with a win or you can win with a loss. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Makes sense yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, Paulie Malinaji losing to Miguel Cotto, that was an incredible win for him because he showed so much heart and guts. I mean, he had a broken orbital bone. He fought the, you know, it, it was, that was, an, that, he lost that fight, but he won. His stock rose. And the, the fight with, 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 um, with Bradley against Pacquiao, he won that fight, but he actually lost. And so he came back and he really wanted to prove himself. And so he just went super hard, super hard against Provodnikov, went toe. I mean, he has exceptional boxing skills. He didn't, I don't want to say exceptional, he's very good boxing skills. He didn't need to stand toe-to-toe, -to -toe, but yet he did. Kind of similar with the Amir Khan-Peterson fight, you know. Amir Khan is a, is a, is a stellar boxer. He didn't have to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Peterson, but he just said, you know, he, he stayed and he slugged it out. He lost the fight, but in my eyes, that was a win for him. I, I thought that was a great fight. Mm. That, was a, that was a great fight. Um, oh, you know what fight I liked? You know what fight I really liked? In 2007, Joe Calzaghe and Mikel Kessler. Mm -hmm. I really liked that fight. I mean, you know, both guys undefeated. Mikel Kessler, at the time, you got to remember, like, he was scary, man. 39-0, and 29 knockouts. He was just – he was a really tough fighter. 
and Calzaghe just handled him, you know? And I mean, you know, he did that to Jeff Lacey and, and, but I mean, that win against Kessler, I thought really, I was, I was very impressed with that fight. Um, I was very impressed with that win. You know, um, I would also say you got to watch all these De La Hoya fights. You got to watch the Fernando Vargas fights. You got to watch the Felix Trinidad fights. You know, you got, um, uh, uh, Fernando Vargas against Winky Wright. Uh, you got uh, Felix Trinidad against Fernando Vargas. Great, great fight. Anytime you got Mexico v. Puerto Rico, it's it's usually a, a, a great matchup. A really great fight um, that I was at was was Trinidad and, and Mayorga. Um, that was a hell of a fight. That's when Mayorga gave him his chin, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and Trinidad took it. <laughs> um, Trinidad De La Hoya. You got to watch that fight and uh, tell me who you think won the fight. Um, you know, uh, Frampton Santa Cruz, that's a great one, you know, um, uh, let's see, you know, there's a great trilogy of fights with, um, Roberto Duran and Esteban de Jesus. And I love Roberto Duran. He's my favorite fighter, even though he beat Ken Buchanan illegally. <laughs> I, I love, I love Roberto Duran. He's my favorite fighter of all time. Well, that Ken Buchanan fight's a really interesting one, too, that, that, that people should watch and see what they think happened there. I mean, to me, it looks kind of obvious, but it's <laughs> happened pretty quick, and the film's a little old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit, I don't you know. You know what I'm going to say, right? You know what I think. You know what I'm going to say. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, Duran had this, Duran had a trilogy of fights. This is, this is a great, not just a great, uh, trilogy of fights, but it's a great story that I think people should know. There was a guy named Esteban de Jesus, a Puerto Rican fighter. They first fought in 1972, okay? And this was at the Garden. Uh, it was Roberto Duran's first loss, okay? So you got Panama v. Puerto Rico, two very macho fighters uh, going head-to-head, and uh, Roberto Duran lost the fight. A lot of people thought that Duran maybe was, he lost sight because he was partying. You know, he was on top of the world. He was a crazy man. So he was doing all kinds of stuff. So they went ahead and had a rematch in 1974. This time they did it down in Panama. So this time, you know, Duran was not going to be denied. And he won that fight. So he won fight two. Okay, fine. Now they set up the trilogy. No, you can't have just one and one. You can't have that. You got to have a rubber match now. The third one they set up for four years later in 1978 was Caesar's Palace. This was a massive fight. And there was a lot of back and forth about it. And this was actually, this was actually, I mean, a lot of people say Roberto Duran was probably the best lightweight of all time. And I'm not going to deny that. I'm really not. But this was his very last fight at lightweight. And it's a really interesting fight that, that should be watched. Um, that, that, that's that trilogy. But let me tell you the story, though, because this is very interesting. Duran won the fight. De Jesus um, went back to Puerto Rico. Um, he actually murdered a guy, okay? Um, he killed a guy, and he got put in prison. And he was also an IV drug user, and him and his brother, they used to share needles, and his brother came down with HIV, as did he. Now, you've got to remember back in the day, people didn't really know a lot about HIV and AIDS, and a lot of people thought maybe you could get it from hugging someone, or they weren't really sure. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was a lot of hatred between the Puerto Rican fans and Duran because, you know, Duran beat their man. Uh, De Jesus was from Carolina, Puerto Rico. So uh, De Jesus is locked up in prison for murder. 
he comes down very, very sick with AIDS and, you know, he's going to die. And so the government decides, you know, let him die at home. So they, they, they let him out of uh, prison. He's in his house. He's very sick. And Roberto Duran went all the way to Puerto Rico to console him and to be with him. And he hugged him and he, and that right there, the whole like Puerto Rico, they just embraced Roberto Duran after that. And well, guys, they've always I, had love for him. I after love that. Roberto Duran so much, man. He just, not just his fighting style, but like that story you just said there, that's one of the major reasons why I love the guy, man. He's just a, a cool, I'm going to say it, a cool motherfucker. I do like the guy. He is a cool motherfucker. You know, I, I got to spend time with him down at his house in Panama. Yeah. And uh, many years ago, I went down to Panama and I, and I hung out with him at his house and at his bar. He had a, he had a bar, like me. I had a bar in Brooklyn, but he had a bar in, in uh, Panama City. And it was really cool, man. I hung out with his wife and his brother and, like, the whole gang, man. It was, it was super cool. And then I've seen, you know, I've seen him many, many times since. But, but uh, it was really great to hang with him um, down in Panama. Um, he, is, he was a great champion. I mean, all those four kings, you know, obviously Hearns and Leonard and, and Duran and Hagler. Um, they were incredible, you know, and just, those are some great fights. I mean, you know, look, I also, I also think there's a lot of, there's, there's a, there's a, some, sometimes you get some fights that are just kind of club fights that are also really good. Um, I'll give you a good one that I called, um, this was on ESPN years ago. Um, it was a really, it was a hell of a fight. It was Pavel Wallach and Delvin Rodriguez and they fought twice, but the first one is the one to watch. Um, it was at the Roseland Ballroom, which is now gone, but that was a hell of a fight. Yo, I don't know if you've ever seen Hasim Rockman with that big hematoma on his head. Mm -hmm. or yeah, yeah. Well, Pablo Wallach had one. I mean, it looked like a, it looked like a, like a grapefruit, man. It was, it was like a big baseball on his head. Mm -hmm. It was, it was crazy. That's a crazy fight. That was a good fight. You should watch. That actually became the ESPN fight of the year. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, we had some really good fights just this past year that were club fights, you know, kind of like that Felix Cash, Jack Cullen fight. I thought that was a hell of a fight. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I really loved Lewis Ritson and Robbie Davies Jr. in Newcastle. I thought that was a great fight. And I loved Scott Fitzgerald and, and Anthony Fowler. I thought that was a hell of a fight too. You know, I mean, again, these are more uh, on the club level or regional level, but, um, Man, those guys, you know, to me, a great fight is a great fight. you you got to have the right dance partner, man. Exactly. You're no without the right dance partner. You know, it takes two to tango, so you got to have the right partner. So, yeah, that's that's the list right there. But that was – honestly, that was some list, man. I'm going to have to re go back, go through this again, watch it. I've, I've got a busy week coming up to watch all these fights. As always, you know everything about boxing, David. You're, you're very knowledgeable and stuff like that. But I kind of want to talk now – like we, we, we've had some big fights that are now postponed and whatnot because of what's going on in the world. With Povetkin yeah. and, and White and Yusik and Chisora and now it's like Joshua Pulev. These are the big heavyweight fights that we've got. Thing. I suppose, what fights are you most likely and hoping to see happen sooner rather than later that have been cancelled, so to speak? We did have a good club fight, as you say, between Regis Program and Maurice Hooker lined up in April there. Well, I think it was next week. So what, what fights are you hoping to see soon, soon rather than later? Well, I mean, if you look at the divisions in boxing and we start from the top down, there are an absolute ton of great fights to be made. Um, first of all, I think that some of these fights are still going to happen. I mean, Matchroom has been putting together some really great fights. I mean, obviously, we had the Hooker Pro-Grey fight that got postponed. Um, 
we definitely want to see that. Um, we really want to see the AJ Pulev. Um, we want to see, um, you know, Dillian White uh, and Povetkin. We want to see um, uh, Chisora and Usyk. You know, um, obviously, uh, we'd like to get Fury and Wilder going so that we can hopefully get Fury Joshua. Um, you know, those are those are absolutely fights that we want to see. I mean, you know, Joseph Parker's still in there too, um, so we can't forget about him. Uh, as far as the cruiserweights, I think Doherty Coast and Briatus are supposed to mix it up, which should be really nice. Yeah, and also, series, yeah. I think also like we got a Coley uh, coming up for for a title fight, which would be really nice. Um, you know, if we talk about 175, like man, there's a ton of great fights to be made there um, with uh, Better Bev and Bevel, and uh, you know, Bevel's calling out Alvarez now. Um, obviously, Alexander Vozdik. Um, you've still got Kovalev out there, um, John Pascal, um, a later Alvarez. Uh, there's, there's some good fighters. I mean, Badu Jack, Marcus Brown. Boatsy, um, there's a well at the 175, Joshua Boatsy. Oh, and my God. These guys, yeah. Boatsy, you got Joe Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. There's like a lot of guys that really – oh, man, my battery. Hold on. Hold on. I got you. I can still see can you, you hear me? I can still hear and see you, man. Okay, good, good, good. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, so th those are all like mix and match. I mean, go, go do what you want. I want to see all those fights. Um, you know, super middle, you know, obviously um, we've got, I don't know if this fight's going to happen now with BJ Saunders and Canelo, but um, obviously if that fight happens, I want to see it, but you still, uh, you know, there's Callum Smith and David Benavides is out there. I don't know if, if those guys will mix it up. Um, Caleb Plant is, is a really good fighter. Sweet hands. Um, you know, there's just different Jacobs. guys. Danny Jacobs is in the mix now, former old champion. He's moved up to 168. Well, that's right. And also, don't forget about John Ryder, right? Because, like, oh, yeah, he had yeah. that really great – he had that really great um, performance uh, against uh, Callum Smith. A lot of people thought that he won that fight. So, that's, that's really great. And then even, you know, at middleweight right there with Demetrius Andrade, um, Triple G, um, you know – What's up with Dervianchenko? You know, Sergey Dervianchenko after that really nice uh, fight against Triple G, um, Jamal Charlo. Uh, so, you know, I, there's Matt Korobov, there's Jaime Munguia. Um, even Chris Eubank Jr. is, you know, trying to talk his way into uh, uh, the fight with Canelo now. Um, so I, I think there's uh, a lot of good fights to be made there. Um, super Welter. Um, you got. Uh, um, uh, uh, Julian Williams, uh, you got Jared Hurd. Um, let's see, uh, uh, Arislandy Laura's there, yeah. um, Liam Smith, you know, and 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 they might do that. You know, that's a fight I want to see that the Liam Smith and uh, uh, Kel Brook, yeah, yeah, I would like to see that fight. I think that would be a good fight. I mean, if they can't, if they're not going to make the Amir Khan fight, I would like to see that fight. It makes uh, sense as well. I mean, the both with Eddie Hearn. You know what I mean? The Amir Khan fight's been talked about for three, four, maybe even five years now. It's, it doesn't seem to be any closer than it was back then. So the Kell Brook and Liam Smith fight makes sense. And I don't know if you can sort of get it for a mining title or ranking title because 154-pound division, they're playing hot potato with these titles before this stuff happened in the world. They, everyone was passing the titles around. One, one champion was losing, new, new, new champion here. This guy was losing the belt. This guy was losing the belt, passing it to this guy. So 154-pound division could be maybe... 
an excite the most exciting. Look, you got a little British mug there. <laughs> what? You know, British mug. <laughs> I got the Union. I do. I've got the Union Jack. Yes, I do. You're good I man. Support, man. I got to support my man Boris. I, I hope he gets better, man. I'm really uh, pulling for the Prime Minister, and uh, hope everything gets goes well. Well said, definitely, David. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, like, you're, you're breaking down all these sort of divisions there, like. What is your, I said the 154 pound division is probably the most exciting division, maybe because of the way the titles are getting passed around through everybody, everybody's sort of like having a title every now and again. What's the, what, what do you think is the most exciting division this, this moment in time? Yeah, I wouldn't say that so quick, man. I mean, because there's so many great divisions out there. I mean, mm -hmm. like we just talked about the light heavies. There are some great fighters there. Dude, what about welterweight? I mean, you still got Errol Spence. You still got Terrence Crawford. You still got Manny Pacquiao. Still got Sean Porter. Um, still, yeah. got Thurman, yeah. still got Danny Garcia. Uh, there's a lot of guys in that division that, that really want to mix it up. And don't also about Mikey Garcia. Like, you know, he still's campaigning at 147. So, you know, and then 140 has got to be one of the hottest. I mean, Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor, I'd love to see them meet. I can't wait for Regis Progray and, and Maurice Hooker. That, to me, is just a hell of a fight, okay? And if, if uh, it, it, to me, I think it only even gets better below that. So if you go to 135, if you go to lightweight, I mean, this is like, you talk about shark-filled waters. I mean, you got Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez, you got Luke Campbell, Devin Haney, um, you know. Ryan Garcia. Please say it again. That Ryan Garcia. Like he, he's been asking for fights with these guys, David and yeah, I, I see Ryan Garcia in there too. I mean, I, I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, yes, Ryan Garcia is a rising star. And, and I think it's, it's going to be time to throw him in there into some deeper water pretty soon and see what he's up against. I mean, Tiafimo Lopez is trying to do it with the, the Lomachenko fight. Hopefully that fight happens. Lee Selby, he's still there. And he, he, we were supposed to do that fight with him in Wales. I, I hope we still get to go back to Cardiff. Uh, to do that but I mean uh, if we move down uh, to 130 though okay you got Burchelt uh, mm -hmm. and then you just had um, Jojo Diaz beat Tevin Farmer okay you got Jamel Herring trying to fight um, Lee, uh, trying to fight Carl Frampton right mm -hmm. um, there's uh, Leo Santa Cruz um, and the featherweights are crazy that's a great division, man. I mean, Josh Warrington and Kid Galahad alone right there. I love it, okay? <laughs> Shakur Stevenson has got to be one of the hottest young talents right now. He's in that division. Gary Russell Jr., yo, his hands, you know how fast his hands are? And not just that, he's a hell of a fighter. Gary Russell Jr. is a hell of a fighter. That's a – Mick Conlon. Mick Conlon, I'm wearing his T-shirt right now. Mick Conlon's in that division. <laughs> I don't know if he wants to mix it up with those guys, but we'll see, you know. But either way, I mean, you know, and then let's say Super Bantam, okay. Um, dude, there's – I mean, we just had that barn-burning fight with Murajan Akhmadalia, okay, oh, and Dan Kumpman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean, great fighter. Um, you got Emmanuel Navarrete, Ray Vargas. Uh, you know, there's a lot of – you know, even Isaac Dogbay, maybe not the best, but he he had some he's had some great fights. Um, there's just some really great, and then and then hold on, you know what's even maybe even a better division? I'm going to I'm I'm going to answer this for you. Bantamweight, Anui, no, no, Casemiro. 
Superfly, Superfly. Superfly, all oh, right. I was just thinking about a new Ian Casemiro fight because that was one fight I was looking forward to in April. Oh, I can't wait to see. You know, after that Donaire fight with Inoue, it was, that was an incredible fight. But, you know, one thing I want to say about that fight, if you watch that fight, I, I watched this and I, I couldn't believe, like, nobody talked about this. There was just so little head movement. <laughs> right there to be hit. I was yeah, like... Yeah. I mean, but that was a war. That's that fun for us, though. That's, that's fun for us watching. That's fun for the fans. If there's no head movement, it's, it's for the fans, you know? <laughs> that was, man, that was a hell of a fight. But the Superflies are popping off right now, okay? Chocolatito just took the title off Cal Ufi. You got SSR, Streets of Cats, on Rung, B-Side. We got Juan Francisco Estrada. I mean, come on, man. Like, you know, Jerwin and Cajas. Like, there's so many great fighters in that division. I just feel like the superflies are are on fire also there's a lot of great divisions right now so i think boxing's in a great place we just we need to whip this virus we got to flatten the curve as they say mm -hmm. um and we got to get back to business man we got to get back to business man yeah i agree with you so let's talk about getting back to business then obviously these big mega fights and big mega shows have sort of like been postponed cancelled or whatnot like the, the aj Pula, the white like i just mentioned mc heavy fights that was due April, May, and June. Obviously, it looks like shows might happen in July, August time, end of the summer. Do you think we're going to start cramming all these fights in? Maybe there'll be a show every week, or we're just going to see... I hope. <laughs> yeah, so do I. So do I. I hope. <laughs> or do, I, I, know, I mean, you know me. I just, I, I just want to work, you know? Mm -hmm. I just want to go. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one of those guys, I'm happy you know, all the time. I, I hate to sound corny, but I really am. If it rains, I'm happy. If it snows, I'm happy. If it's sunny, I'm happy. If I'm at home, I'm happy. If I'm on, if I'm on the road, I'm happy. I just try to be happy, man. I'm, I'm happy to be alive. And um, I, I, uh, I'm having a lot of fun at this party we call life. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just excited for, for whatever's to come. So, you know, but, but I know that right now there's a lot of people that are, like I said, that are sick. And, and, and these first responders, these people on the Lines, man, the nurses, the doctors, the policemen, the firemen, the, the, the bus drivers, the taxi drivers, the, the people working at the grocery stores, like these people are really putting themselves in harm's way. We got to take our hats off to them, treat those people right. Um, please, please realize they're doing a very hard job in a, in a very tough time. And we're going to get through this. You know, we're going to, you know, they say, um, tough times don't last, but tough people do. So it's time to get tough and it's time to look after each other and uh, follow the rules of the doctors and the scientists and do what they say so we can get back to business, man. You know? I, again, I agree with you 100%, David. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a weird time. It's a, it's a strange time that we're living in at this moment in time where being locked down and not being able to leave your house. Like, like you said, I, I missed... I miss talking to people face to face. I, I miss finding the great spot for us to get our backdrop. I miss the planes. I miss the arenas, the fans. I miss everything. Staying in the airport for five hours. I miss it all. But it's things you take for granted when when you're in a situation like this, isn't it? They're just the little things. But it's also good because there's more family time. I'm spending a lot more time with my my, my son now, which is uh, which is a blessing in, in that sense. That is a beautiful thing. I mean, to be honest, no, it's stuff that I don't take for granted uh, because. Um, you know, I have perspective, um, you know, I'm a little bit older and I've been through a lot of stuff. And so I appreciate what I have. And um, that's why I appreciate this time now, you know, because uh, I love being able to be at home. I look, like I said, I love being on the road, but I love being home. 
You know, I always tell my girl that. I said, I, I love leaving. I said, I love coming home. <laughs> so I love it all, man. I really do. It's, uh, it's great to be in New York, and it's great to be here. You know, obviously, New York City is going through a really hard time right now. Um, you know, I know several people that have passed, and, and that's very sad, um, obviously. Um, we've lost some, some people here in, in the boxing world, too. And so it's, it's a little bit tough, but we just got to take care of each other and, and really try to, try to stay safe. That's the best thing we can do because this, this virus seems very tricky, you know? Mm -hmm, definitely. Well, one thing I want to talk about as well, David, with get your opinion on Dana White and the private island to stage fights. First of all, two parts to this question. What's your thoughts on Dana White doing that in the first place? And do, can you see sort of like promoters in the boxing world following suit to put on fights like that in, on a private island and, and whatnot? Uh, you know, again, I'm not really sure. I, I would leave all that stuff up to the governing bodies. I mean, again, like if the British Boxing Board of Control says it's a no-go, it's a no-go. If, if the, the commissions here in America say no-go, it's a no-go. Um, but if there's, if there's doctors that are, are saying it's okay and, and they all say it's okay, like, you know, I'm going to be there. I don't really have a – I mean, look, I, I appreciate that he's trying to give the fans some sport, you know. And, and we need that at this time. But at the same time, you got to remember, like, if, if somebody gets hurt and has to go to the doctor, they might be taking up a hospital bed of, of you know, of somebody's uh, grandma or father or brother or sister um, that, that didn't have a choice. You know what I'm saying? They, they might have caught this virus. It wasn't their choice. So you got to be very responsible and you got to be very careful with that. But, uh, again, you know, it's – it's not up to me if, if they if they think it's okay then it's okay I, I like these guys are uh, put in these positions because they know what's best definitely um you you were an NBA ring announcer for the the Brooklyn Nets stuff like that what's what's happening with the NBA season I know it's an off boxing topic and what we normally talk about but are they going to cancel the sort of NBA season is that what they're planning? I think they're still working on it right now. I think they're looking at doing a way where they can do these quick tests on players. And they were talking about having them uh, without the arenas, just having the players so that they could get, um, uh, you know, what is it called, uh, uh, tested uh, quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but who knows if that's going to work or not. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, the NBA is a massive machine. You know, it's not just about the players but it's about the, the ticket sellers and the popcorn guy and the guy in the parking lot that sells this. You know, there's, there's a lot of the merchandise. There's, there's a massive machine, all the restaurants, and there's just there's a lot of people make their, their money off it. So it's a, it's a big deal. Um, but I think that, uh, again, you've got a really great uh, commissioner. Silver is very, very smart. You took over for uh, Daniel Stern um, – or David Stern, pardon me, David Stern. and um, those guys are, are top-notch. Uh, they're very smart men, uh, caring guys. And I think just like DAZN, Matram, and Sky, it's the number one priority is going to be the, the health of the fighters uh, and, and the employees and, and, the, and the, the, the spectators. Definitely. Finally, before I let you go, David, um, what are you hoping for this year? What, what are, you, are you hoping, obviously, first and foremost, the health and well-being of everyone is obviously in the forefront of our minds at the time, but... In a boxing sense, what are you hoping for this year, for the for 2020? Yeah, like you said, first of all, 
everybody for sure. Um, I hope we get out of this well. And, and again, this is not just necessarily about physical health, but um, the economic fallout of all this is very difficult for a lot of people. Um, and there's a lot of kids that, that they can't go to school and maybe they get their meals at school. And it's very difficult for a lot of people. So um, like, I, like I said, I can try to help some people out in a way, in any type of way. I think that's a good thing to do. But as far as boxing, look, I, I hope that, that this thing gets squelched. I hope we come out with a vaccine or a cure or whatever they do. You know, again, uh, you know, I'm not a scientist. I just play one on TV. But if they come out with that and they can stop this thing, and then we can just get back to business at hand. And, man, let's get these fights, you know. Let's get, let's get it crack-lacking, you know. Let's get it popping. Um, you know, right now, I'm, I'm just chilling, trying to make a million. I'm trying to do my thing. I mean, I, I want, I want, the, I want the, I want the fights to, to pop off again. There's just too many good. I mean, all those names that we just talked about, all those divisions, you can't. There's no way you can pick what's the best division. I mean, the heavyweights are on fire. The light heavyweights, the, 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 the there's, they're all on fire. We just went through it. I mean, it's shark-filled waters. There's so many, you know, great, great dudes out there, and 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 women too. A lot of great women fighters. Mm -hmm. Um, and and you know, we just want to get these fights going. So that's what I hope for. Let's just get it. Let's get it popping. Definitely. Again, on a selfish point of view, I'm I'm, in, I'm the same as you. I just want to get going again. I just want to get. I want to just get on the road. I want to get seeing everybody. I know what I actually miss Coogan. You know what? That's how much this is. How much is killing me? I actually miss Coogan. <laughs> now I know. Now I know you've been in quarantine for too long. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly, bro. I would like to say I miss the whole crew. I miss the whole crew. You know. Um, shout out to Coogan and and shout out to to the whole IFL crew and and you know MTK and and. Uh, you know, of course, of course, Matchroom and, and the whole Sky crew and, you know, our, our 30 team and everybody. Mike Goodall, the ever Mike Goodall, love Mike. Hope you're doing well, buddy. The hardest working man in boxing. Um, you're the second hardest working I, man, right? Yeah, I'm the second hardest, <laughs> hardest working man. Um, no, I mean, I miss the gang, man. I really do. I miss everybody, you know, and... Um, I really hope that Barry Hearn is doing well. I'm really thinking about him, and I'm really up this morning. I saw that a message to Eddie, and and uh, I said a prayer. And um, you know, Barry is tops. I mean, just tops. It's I don't need to say that. We all know that, but he really is the cream of the crop. There's like him, and um, we need him to get better. I mean, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he's better now, but I just want him to be okay. And uh, and I hope we get through this, man. This is, this is a tough time for people. So, um, like I said, you know, the cliche thing that people say, but it's very true. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Definitely. Again, I echo that. David, as always, it's an absolute pleasure talking to you and getting your thoughts on boxing, man. You gave us a whole list of fights that we can go back and watch. I think I'll, yeah. I'll, every week, man, I'm going to just go on YouTube right now and just find these fights that you just mentioned before I even upload this interview. I want to go and watch these fights. So you might not see this interview for a couple of days, mate. I promise you. <laughs> no, but David, I honestly hope that you stay safe, brother. Um, I know that New York's going through a hard time. I've seen it in the news, but I hope that you're safe, you're well, everyone in your family's well. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you again, my man. Hopefully it's not, too, it's, not too, it's not too far in the future and we can see each other soon. Yeah, and appreciate you too, and please stay safe also, and hopefully the thing uh, subsides soon and we're back in action. Definitely. The fight starts.
Now. Now.